Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Keep playing. Keep working. Keep going. And keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com slash ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. Time now for the Victory Formation Sports Show, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's your host, Jeff Lightsey Jr. Yes, 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 we are here. We are here for our last show of the year. This is the Victor Formation Sports Show. I am your host, Jeff Lightsey Jr. We've got James Black in the building. And thank you, thank you, thank you guys for tuning in with us each and every single Saturday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. If you want to get in here uh 3831-939-3831-939 is the number if you want to get in here because we've got a lot to discuss. The last time I came on here, I was very, very upset with the state of the basketball program. They ain't changed. <laughs> that ain't changed at all. But that ain't what we're here to talk about today because the last team for Louisville that took the field was the football team. And as angry as I was at that basketball program last week, I'm pretty angry about what I saw this past week in the Holiday Bowl, San Diego, California, between our Louisville Cardinals when they took on the USC Trojans. So let me kind of give you guys some background about me when it comes to me and USC. Unlike most of you, I've actually seen most of USC's games this year. Why, Jeff? Why are you watching USC? Well, I actually kind of grew up a USC fan. Reggie Bush was my favorite player. And because of Reggie Bush, I'm a Louisville fan. <laughs> Let's not hold on. Let me. Ooh, let me rewind it a little bit. Let's not get it twisted. I'm Louisville through and through. Like, Louisville's my team. But in football, there was some lean years in there. You know, there's been some lean years, some years of uh, making, uh, making, uh, you know? And so, because of that, I had to watch some good football. And the good football team for a long time was USC, especially, specifically those Pete Carroll days. My father, shout out to Jeff Lighty Sr., Mr. Uncle Keefe, my dad, he... Bought me a fathead of Reggie Bush. Like, you know, fatheads was a thing, if you know about those. So, USC. I've, I've tapped in with USC for a very, very long time. And so, I've actually seen every single game of theirs this year. Or most of their games anyway. So, coming into the Holiday Bowl, I knew what USC was. And that ain't a good football team. <laughs> like, that, that just simply wasn't a good football team. So, you add the fact that they weren't a good football team, period, with, like, everybody, Caleb Williams included, everybody included. Now, Alex Grinch, their defensive coordinator, was the big reason why. You know, he was terrible, and their defense was terrible. But they just weren't a good foot. They were a 7-5 and five football team coming into the Holiday Bowl. 
And then you add the fact that they had 20 opt-outs. 20. That means 20 players didn't play because they were either, quote-unquote, getting ready for the draft, transferring schools. The NCAA's got to fix the transfer window, but that's a segment for another time. Regardless, they had a lot of guys missing. Louisville had essentially two guys missing. That's it. Two contributors, significant contributors. Cam Wilson was a contributor. He's going to Cincinnati, but he hit the transfer portal. Everybody else that hit the portal before the game wasn't a significant contributor. We're going to talk about the guys that hit the portal after the game, too, by the way. But regardless, Louisville had two. Now, they were very significant. Jamari Thrash, Jawar Jordan. These ain't no soup sandwiches. These aren't garbage. These are some players. These are some dogs. But they pretty much had everybody intact. And what they did when they went out there against USC was poop the bed. They just pooped the bed. They had prime opportunity. Gus Johnson. Mr. Beach of Terrace, Gus Johnson. You know, beat you where they eat you. Uh, okay, that's, that's different. That's for, the, that's for the people at home that, that know. If you know, you know. But Mr. Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt, Fox Sports, the game. Like, there were other games that were being played, but this was the game, right? Like, this was Fox's primetime game. I don't know what the rating was, but it was a lot of eyeballs. It was a chance for Louisville to put on for a national audience. People were tuned in with two big brand, what a big brand like Fox, with two great broadcasters, Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson, even though they kind of had a rough game, by the way. But regardless, this was their chance to shine. This was their time to shine. And they went out to San Diego and looked like a shell of themselves. Or maybe did they just look like who they were the entire time and we just had cardinal colored glasses, right? Because the defense, most people are saying, oh, the defense didn't show up to play. Uh, the defense just what it, it just was what it was essentially since the Virginia game. Since the Virginia game, this was the defense that we've, we've trotted out on the field. But even it's just happened to be the most potent offense that we've played during that time span. If you remember the Virginia game, we were hanging at the edge of our seats. I was in the building. We should have lost that game. We should have lost that game. We won. The Miami game had a good chance of losing that game too. Miami, once again, not a very good team. They just lost to Rutgers in their bowl game. They scored points. Kentucky, they scored points. <laughs> and then Florida State didn't score points. But they were on a quarter, they was on like their fifth string quarterback, a guy that they couldn't throw a rock in the ocean, and we couldn't score points. The same issue that we had against USC. Well, Jeff, we scored 28 points. We scored 28 points against USC. What do you mean we couldn't score points? No, this is a terrible USC defense. Like by every defensive statistic measure, they were bad. Like bad teams scored a lot of points on USC. And all Louisville could conjure up was 28 points while giving up six touchdown passes to a young man that they were trying to replace. Let's not get it twisted. Miller Moss, they were trying to replace Miller Moss. They were going after Will Howard. They threw the name in the Cam Ward sweepstakes. They USC was in the portal business to replace Miller Moss. And because of that game, Miller Moss not only made himself a lot of money when it comes to NIL, he just made himself the starter at USC. They're no longer going after portal quarterbacks because Miller Moss threw for six touchdowns and made one mistake the entire game against Louisville. That's not good. It's just not good. Now, I've been seeing, because, you know, I see a lot on social media. Well, Jeff, they still have four and five stars as backups and the 20 opt-outs and blah, 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 blah. That's loser mentality. That's it's being a loser. 
If you're thinking like that, then you should didn't just say that. You should have said that before the game. Because before the game, I heard you guys. Y'all thought we might, me included, I thought we would had a chance to go in there and blow them out. Me included. I thought, like, yo, we should take USC to the woodshed. 20 opt-outs on a bad team? You should do work on them. That's how you were talking. That's how I was talking. So if you're coming out after the game, well, Jeff, they actually still had four or five stars as their backups. and That's, that's a loser mentality. <laughs> like, that's that's you're thinking like a loser. This is a Louisville team that was 10-1 after 11 games. And so, therefore, they should have went in there and played better. They just simply didn't show up. Now, I see the Jack Plummer comments. I see the Jack Plummer complaints. I see the Jack Plummer. You know, guys are getting after Jack. Guys are saying what they're saying about Jack. Here, here's the thing, guys. And this is, you know, shout out to Jack Plummer. Congratulations, man. You had a, you know, you had a college career. <laughs> Not going to say you had a stellar college career, but you had a college career. You won 10 games at Louisville. You threw for over 3,000 yards at Cal. You started games and did a thing at Purdue. Congratulations, man. We got to clap it up. Because you accomplished what like 95% of people would not accomplish in life, right? When it comes to starting as a Division I college quarterback, not at one, not at two, but at three Power 5 programs. So that's an accomplishment in itself. But let's be real. Jack Plummer is who he is. There's no need to bash on the young man. He's going to be a very well, uh, a very smart, a very... You know, well paid. He finishes college with multiple degrees, zero debt. That's more than like 99% of college students. So shout out to him. He's got to make a lot of money doing something besides playing football. He won't be playing football. He might be a football coach, might be a football analyst, might be a football, you know, demonstrator or run a run a business that a football camp. They'll do a lot of stuff around the game. It just won't be playing the game. And so but we've known that for a while. The problem that I had and the problem I think you should have is why was Jack Plummer the only option? Whose fault is that? Like whose fault is the fact that Jack Plummer was your only option? When you have nine quarterbacks on the roster, you had Jack Plummer and you had Evan Conley for run plays. That's all your coach gave you. And as much praise as, as I've given Coach Brom, I'm a big Coach Brom fan. I've, I've you know, loved Coach Brom since our WKU days when I was covering him, and he was the head coach at Western. But this one's on him. This is more on him than on Jack Plummer. Why? Because you see it. I saw it. We all seen it. Jack wasn't that guy. You're not that guy, buddy. You're not that guy. You're, you're not that guy. And he wasn't that guy. But Coach Brom stuck with him even after a dislocated pinky. That falls at the feet of the coach. That doesn't fall on Jack Plummer because he just is who he is. And, you know, it is what it is, but he just is who he is. And so, therefore, that falls on Coach Brom. So there's two things playing out here. You're either Jack Plummer is the best that you have, because by the end of the you know, during the beginning of the season, you say, oh, you, you got to give him the reins because he's older. He's been in the system. You know what I'm saying? Blah, say, blah, whatever. By ball, by bowl game, you're, you know, you're 13 games in. <laughs> you're 13 games in. And then you get another month for if you're going to work in, whether even if it's not to start, but get certain packages for other QBs to come in and, I don't know, throw the ball. 
You have a whole month. You had 13 weeks because you had 13 weeks, not including the fall camp and the spring camps, but the 13 weeks during the season. And then you have another month before the bowl, after the ACC championship game to work in packages, to get someone ready, to get someone comfortable, to say, hey, if something happens to Jack, because we all saw Jack in the ACC championship game, if something happens to him where he just don't have it, in the game against the Holiday Bowl, he didn't have it. If something happens to him, then you better be ready. Harrison Bailey, which I don't want, or Brock Doman, or Brady Allen, or Pierce Clarkson. Got to be ready. Got to be ready. And that wasn't the case. That falls at the feet of the coach. What, and what concerns me, what really concerns me between what we saw play out this year and the fact that Tyler Shuck is coming in is that I don't think Braun believes, this is not me knowing anything, I don't think he thinks he has his future quarterback on his roster. Like that's what became abundantly evident to me is that I don't think now, I know it might scare some of you guys. Oh, got Pierce Clarkson. Oh, you got some of these guys. I don't think he thinks he has his quarterback of the future on the current roster. I mean, it's just, I mean, just look. Look at the evidence. All you can go off of is the evidence. The evidence tells you he brought in Jack Plummer before this season. After the spring, when we all saw the quarterback room was shaky, Pierce didn't play. He had a broken toe or something, and he didn't play. He brought in two more quarterbacks, Brady Allen, Brock. Uh, uh, I just said his, the man's name, not Brock Doman. Uh, Harrison Bailey brought in two more. During the game, when Jack dislocates his pinky, it wasn't Harrison Bailey that was warming up. It wasn't Brady Allen that was warming up. It wasn't Pierce Clarkson. All these guys were dressed. It wasn't them that were warming up, getting their arm ready. It was Brock Doman. It was Brock that came into the game. All he did was hand it off, but he was the one that came into the game. And so I don't think now we have Tyler Shuck coming to campus for next fall. I don't think that he believes in these young men. That's not to say that he can't. That's not to say that he won't believe in these young men. But currently, Coach Brom doesn't think that these guys are good enough. And if you just look at the history, like like now we have to get into some of the history stuff when it comes to Coach Brom and just the history of college football. And I'm going to read, I see you got some text. 3831-939 is the text line. 3831-939 is the text line if you want to get in here and I'll read some of your text. But Coach Brom, one, let's let, let's let's talk about Pierce Clarkson because this is the one that you guys, you know, everybody is waiting on. He's the second coming for, for some of us, right? And I was super excited when we got Pierce. I'm super excited about having Pierce. But more and more, I'm like evaluating everything that's going on. I don't know if Pierce is the future at quarterback for Louisville. This is, once again, this is not me sourcing anything. This is just my hunch based off what I'm what I'm seeing play out. One, Pierce was never the immediate backup this year. When you have your guy, when you have a budding star like some of you think Pierce is, when you have that dude, then moves are made because they see it. You got to practice every day with those guys. Look at Malik Murphy. Malik Murphy, let's use him as an example. He was at Texas. He was the immediate backup behind Quinn Ewers. He knows that Arch Manning is behind him. He knows that Arch Manning is the next guy. 
And so what does Malik Murphy have to do? Malik Murphy, see, he sees the writing on the wall. He practices with Arch every single day. He's there in the room, film study, all of that stuff. He he, he got ghost. He, he got out of there. Now, Quinn Ewers may come back, but Quinn Ewers also, if he does his thing in these playoff games, he may hit the draft. And Malik Murphy also understands that. And he still decided to move on. He's a Duke now. These guys at Louisville, nobody's hit the portal yet. Tyler Shuck, the quarterbacks anyway. Tyler Shuck is coming. And presumably he's coming to be the starter. When you have that happen, and you're supposed to have this budding star in the QB room, typically guys get ghost. Especially now that they made it to where you can transfer two and three and four times without any penalty. So typically guys get ghosts. They said, hey, man, there's a guy coming in that's going to be a one-year replacement. And then this budding star, this dude, is is in the room with us. And we know he's the he's the abominable, like he's unstoppable. He, he's Thanos. He's coming through to take over everything. I, so, yeah, it's time for me to find somewhere where I have a better chance of playing. That, that hasn't been the case at Louisville. They just hasn't. Let's just look at what's taking place. All of these guys, Harrison Bailey, Brady Allen, Brock Doman's gone. Con- Doman, Conley, and Jack are gone. So those are three quarterbacks are gone. Harrison Bailey, Pierce Clarkson, and Brady Allen are here. Deuce Adams is coming in. He's the young freshman from Texas who I heard the staff really, really likes. Deuce Allen- Adams is coming in. His brother's coming in to play receiver. And then Tyler Shuck is the quarterback that's transferring in from Texas Tech. So you're going to have five quarterbacks going into spring ball. After spring, I'd imagine two of those guys transfer. Who are the two? It's not going to be Deuce, because Deuce, I don't think, he doesn't get here to the summer. So Deuce Adams is still going to be here. But somebody's going to transfer two, and I think it's going to be two of them, are going to transfer after the spring. Because Shuck is going to be here. He enrolls during the spring. So I think he separates himself, and people see why they brought him in. So he'll be penciled in as the starter. Everybody will have a chance to win the job, by the way. And those guys, as I've said before, will actually have the upper hand because they've actually been in the system for a year, 14 games, spring, fall camp, all that stuff. So they know Tyler Shuck will be learning on the go. I just think he's talented enough, you know, bar, barring any injury, that he's going to win the job. But those guys haven't left yet. And during this is the window that you would see guys. As you see, we've had five defections since the Holiday Bowl. But none of those guys have hit the portal just yet. And typically, like I said, if you see the next coming, the guy that the staff believes in, the guy that's the high-ranking recruit, that's the big dog, that's the that's the one. Oh, he's the one. Guys typically get ghosts. They get up out of there because of that. Hasn't happened. That hasn't happened yet. And I'm not so sure... I mean, I'm, I don't know. And, and I was talking about Pierce Clarkson. And here's the thing that concerns me about Pierce Clarkson. We just got to we have to be real with ourselves, guys. Like we can't we can't just be enamored with the fact that he's, you know, he's good looking, pause, and has nice hair and drives a nice car and comes from Cali. Like we got to look at the actual facts and then look at who our coach is and look at his prototype type of quarterback. Look at Jeff Brown. Look at Brian Brown. They're 6'3", 6'4", big guys, strong arm. Not really the most mobile, but not complete statues. And then look at the history of the quarterbacks that they've recruited and that has had success in their system. Going back to Brandon Dowdy. Brandon Dowdy, 6'3", strong arm, polished in the pocket, make accurate throws. 
Then after that, it was what? Mike White, 6'3, strong, tough, stand in the pocket, make things happen with that arm. Then he goes to Purdue, David Blau, Aiden O'Connell, once again, 6'3, 6'4, strong arm, accurate, make the right throws, right read, and our grown ups. Then you go to Jack Plummer, 6'5. Mm, I don't know if he had the strongest of arms, but he's a grown-up, a mature, wise. Even when he had the, you know, Rocco put it out there that Jack, even as he would get talked bad about, and he would get talked bad about by a lot of, you know, critics, whether it was Twitter, media people, whatever, got talked bad about a lot, but still did every single interview. He said he never turned down an interview, was mature, went to the podium, took his lumps, never never complained, never been a, a brat about anything. Those are the prototypical Jeff Brom-type quarterbacks. What did I say? 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", 220, 225, some of them 230. Brian Brom was 6'4", 230 pounds. You know what I'm saying? Like, those are the quarterbacks that he goes for. What is Pierce Clark's? Look at Deuce Adams, the young man coming in, the first quarterback recruit of Jeff Brom. He's 6'3". He's 215 in high school. What is Pierce Clarkson? Let's, let's once again, let's be real. Pierce Clarkson is 5'11". He's 190 pounds. He, as a junior in high school, he split time. It wasn't the full-time starter. He split time with a young man that ended up going to Michigan State. And then as a senior in high school, he went, he did lead the team that was number one in the nation, but they were number one in the nation Part of, you know, a big chunk because he had played really well. They also had really good players on that team, like like 15 to 20 guys that end up playing Division One Power Five football. This is a really, really good team. And once again, he was not originally recruited by this staff because this staff doesn't recruit 5'11 quarterbacks. It's just a fact. And if we just look at the history of major high level College football, 5'11 quarterbacks are are not often. Like, it's not usual. You don't see a whole lot of 5'11 quarterbacks thriving. It's just the truth. And this is, once again, this is not to knock the young man. I hope he is the, uh, the dog that we all hope he is. But if this year was any kind of foreshadowing, mm, mm, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, just once again, I'm just using the evidence that is out there. This is not me making anything up. This is what I'm using my eyes for. Because you would have thought you're playing a bowl game in California. You're playing a bowl game against a California team, USC. You have a California quarterback on your roster who is mobile. He's small, but he is mobile. You would have thought. Some of those Evan Conley packages, something you would have saw a glimpse. Once again, the red shirt is, can't be burned. You can play him. He didn't even play in four games anyway, so you couldn't have burnt it no matter what. But regardless, what did we see of Pierce Clarkson? All we saw him was on Instagram. <laughs> that was it. Because we didn't see him in a game. We didn't even see him on, like, we saw shots of him on the sideline and pictures on Instagram. That's it. And that, to me, was very telling. That was very, very telling. We just have to call it what it is. Now, like I said, I'm gonna read some of your text. I, I've been I've been holding off. So let me let me see. It says so. This is texter. It says just 
as USC did a poor job evaluating Miller Moss, they may have done a poor job in evaluating backups uh, that replaced all those opting out. Perhaps if they had used those backups much earlier in the season, USC wouldn't have lost as many games. If those backups stick around, we may find out next year that the bowl team that beat the cards was actually great. Now, here's the thought on that. I might be more inclined to say you're right on that thought if their coach wasn't Lincoln Riley. <laughs> like, their coach isn't some soup sandwich. Like, Lincoln Riley's a dog. Lincoln Riley has literally coached three Heisman Trophy winners, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, and Caleb Williams. Lincoln Riley has won a lot of games. Lincoln Riley has had a ton of success as a college football head coach. That is why he's at USC, because he left Oklahoma. He was a dog at Oklahoma. And he's had some success at USC. So it's not like he just doesn't know how to evaluate talent. He's had three Heisman Trophy winners. He's had mo um, an abundance of first-round picks, mostly on offense. But he knows how to evaluate talent. Like, And that's why those guys are at USC because he did evaluate the talent. He brought them there. Louisville lost to USC's JV team. That's embarrassing. There's no other way to cut it. Louisville's varsity team lost to – that's like – you know, if if me, James, a couple of Dave Skull, shout out to Biscuit, Mark Ennis, and Drew Diener, and me and Diener have an average height of about five foot three. So that's like if we pulled up to <laughs> this is gonna sound crazy. We pulled up to U of L basketball and hooped and beat them. It'd be like, come on, bro. Now we actually might be able to do that. I don't know. Like, I, mean, I don't know. That's a, that's a different type of. We might actually be able to do that. But if me, James Black, Dave Skull is our big man. And me and Dina running guard. We got James on the wing. Me and Dina running guard. Dave Skull down low. And, <laughs> like, and we pulled up and played U of L hoops. Now, women would give us problems. They'd give us some problems. You know what I'm saying? Sid Taylor and all of them, they'd give us some problems, especially me and Dean are averaging about five foot three. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the biggest. I can hoop, though. Don't get it twisted. You know? I'm, I'm, I'm the gun. I'm going to shoot all the shots, I'd imagine. But you get what I'm saying? That's the visual I'm trying to point to you. That that shouldn't happen. Now, granted, they are a talented JV team. They're, and I think we're a talented 93-9 team. But we shouldn't be able to beat U of L. We ain't that freaking talented. <laughs> so, no, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, they're dogs at USC. But that was their JV team. That was embarrassing. The end of the season was kind of embarrassing because you were riding a, such a high, high. I think we have to get to a break. But once we come back from the break, I'm going to evaluate the totality of the season and how I think this was such a great building block. And if you didn't think that Holiday Bowl was embarrassing and you ain't been watching what's happening at U of L, and I'm going to give you some insight on what's happening with the football team as we speak right now. You're listening to the Victory Formation Show with Jeff Lightsey Jr. right here on 93.9 The Ville. Looking for a rewarding career? One that empowers you to serve your community, change lives, and reach your fullest potential? Become a correctional officer for the Kentucky Department of Corrections and earn up to $28.30 an hour with great benefits. Help create a better, safer Kentucky. Apply today for a correctional officer position in your community at careers.ky.gov. That's careers.ky.gov. 
When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Looking for extra cash this holiday season? You can make competitive pay as a day shift warehouse worker at UPS Worldport right here in Louisville. Learn more and apply today at upsjobsky.com. That's upsjobsky.com. You're listening to the Victory Formation Sports Show right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's your host, Jeff Lightsey Jr. Yes, yes, I am here. I am here. Once again, you're tuned in with me, Jeff Lightsey Jr. right here on 93.9 The Ville. You can get in here. 3831-939 is the text line. 3831-939 is the text line. If you want to call in, 8150-939. You can call in 8150-939. Now, we're going to the text line because I see you guys, and, and I see you. I'm, I'm reading. It says, Coach Brom may be a fraud. Based on what we witnessed this year, it's either that or he knew all along how limited this team was and did not want to tell us after our schedule was not that strong outside of Notre Dame. Now, that is great that you brought that up because I <laughs> I actually added my notes talking about the schedule because this is going to be a football heavy show. And I knew because I saw because I'm on the I'm on the Twitter sphere or the X, you know, whatever you want to call it. And I have seen you guys talk about the weak schedule. Oh, Louisville frauds. Their schedule was so weak. I even seen some garbage college football account put on with the Jack Plummer and talking about Louisville. And it said frauds in all caps. Uh, pipe down. Settle down. Settle down, fellas. Settle down, ladies. Let, let's, let's be real. Louisville beat Notre Dame. Like, handily. Handled Notre Dame. 23-0. to They also went on the road and beat NC State. NC State was a nine-win team. Whether you want to believe it or not, they won nine games. The problem with Louisville, and what showed up greatly when we played the most talented teams, the Miamis, the Kentuckys, the Florida States, and then the USC, was that Louisville could only win one way. They could only win if you're running the ball very effectively. Now, granted, in the Holiday Bowl, Isaac Garendo, shout out to him, he ran the heck out of the ball. The problem is... When you get down, when you start losing, it's hard to keep going with the run, and now you're dependent on your limited quarterback to come back. Jack Plummer had 90 yards in the fourth quarter, 90 yards passing. Now, granted, his receivers didn't do him any favors. His offensive line had one of its worst performances that game. They didn't do him any favors, but he still only had 90 yards. He had a fumble, and he, he missed throws. And there were guys open. They didn't get the ball in stride. I mean, we all saw the Jaden Thompson play. And so, therefore, there were some limitations to this team. They had one. They could only win one way. They had to play great defense, which the first half of the season, the majority of the season, they did. And they had to run the ball super effectively, which majority of the season they did. And that's what cult, uh, cultivated into 10 wins, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Pat myself on the back because I predicted 10 wins before the season. James know it. <laughs> now, Diener said 11. He, he, he was almost there. But I said 10 wins before the season, and I included the bowl game, and that's what they finished with. So that's why this isn't a disappointing season to me. It was just a disappointing end to the season. 
This is a great year, though. Let's, let's not get it twisted. This year was fun. And the reason why you can be disappointed in the way that it ended is because you had something to be disappointed about because you had a good product. If this team stunk all year, then it's nothing to be disappointed about. It's just like, yo, we were, we were trash all year. We just had a trash game. It just is what it is. But you're disappointed by the end of the year because you controlled your own destiny. You were 10-1. and one. You had a chance to beat Florida State and go to an Orange Bowl. You had a chance to beat your rival. You played it at home. You had a chance to do all of the beat USC with 20 opt-outs. And you lost every single one. That's disappointing. You had a hobbled Florida State team. You had a, your rival, which was you know reeling. They, they weren't playing good football at the time. And then you had USC who had 20 opt-outs. And you lost all three games. That's disappointing. That's tough. That's a tough pill to swallow. That's that isn't fun. That isn't fun. That that sucks. That stinks. Another thing that kind of crept up this year, really mostly on the back half of the year, was the fact that something that I was scared of. So even though I predicted 10 wins, once again, I'm a Jeff Brom guy. I've been I've been rocking with Coach Brom since the start of his coaching career because I was there when he first started is that I always knew what his Achilles heel was. His Achilles heel is defense. His Achilles heel as a coach that has plagued him during different time points of his career, but it's kind of always been there, is the fact that his defenses have never been stout. And that was the biggest shocker this year, was that the first, what, nine games, his defense was pretty stout. Like, they were awesome. They had a no. Well, they were shaky against Georgia Tech, and then they got really good, like really good. They looked awesome against NC State, and awesome against Duke, and awesome against Notre Dame. I mean, they were flying around. They were getting sacks. They were making plays on the quarterback, making plays on the ball. Devin Neal, we're gonna talk about him. All these guys, interception. Quincy Riley, Ashton Gelati had 11 sacks. Like they were awesome. But then those last four games happened. Virginia, ugh. Miami, ugh. Kentucky, ugh. Florida State, uh, they were, uh, they couldn't do anything, but uh, you should have. I think you should have played better. And then the USC, Miller Moss, six touchdowns, forty-two points. They folded at the end of the season. Your defense did. I don't know if it's because the lack of depth. I don't know because. They, I mean, they, they just essentially the Miller Moss had all day in the pocket. He had, I don't think Louisville registered a sack. He threw for six touchdowns. Dudes were getting mossed on. Like his name Miller Moss, and a couple of them cats was mossing on our on our folks. Evan Devin Neal, who's had a who had a good year. Let's not get it twisted. Devin Neal made plays for Louisville this year. He had by far his worst game ever. Maybe in the history of his life. Because Devin Neal was a really good player in high school down in Lexington. He was a good player for Baylor. And he was a good player for us this year. He might have had his worst game of his life. Storm Duck was awful. Once again, high-level player at North Carolina. All ACC type of player. Didn't start. Didn't play a whole lot the first eight games of the year. But then really came into his own for Louisville the back half of the season. And he looked awful. Just just quite honestly, he looked awful. The secondary had a terrible game, and the front seven got zero pressure. Now, USC couldn't run the ball. 
So the linebackers in, in front seven, you know, did their job stopping the run. But you don't need to run the ball when your quarterback throws for 370 and six touchdowns. I mean, <laughs> I mean, okay, bet. You know what I'm saying? They like Lincoln Riley really don't want to run the ball anyway. <laughs> like, like he's a his offense actually is based around his run. He does a lot of power run back at Oklahoma. But since he's been at USC, he don't want to run the ball anyway. And their top running back, Marshawn Lloyd, hit the portal. Relic Brown, who was a really good running back for them last year, hit the portal. And now he plays wide receiver slash running back. So he's gone. They ain't really want to run the ball anyway. <laughs> so, like, you like, all right, y'all stopping our run? Hey, Miller, here's the keys to the caddy. See, let's see what you can do. And that is the part that disappointed me in Louisville's offense. Well, and, and there's serious questions. Before I get to Louisville's offense, there are going to be serious questions about that was the thing that scared me with Ron English coming into the season. Now, Ron English, you know, made himself, you know, cut his teeth on making things happen early in the season, was a finalist or semifinalist for one of the top assistants in the country in the Brom defense. I was like, okay, the Brom defense shut me the heck up. But then we just slowly started creeping back, and then it reared its ugly head in the col- you know, cultivation during the Holiday Bowl, giving up 42 points and six touchdown passes. Let me get to, by Miller Moss, let me get to uh, some of your texts. This is the text line. Uh, it says, Texter says, I agree with you everything. Uh, you just, I agree with everything you just said, but we lack talent where and when it mattered. Hmm. Most of our receiver speed and depth uh, most of our receiver speed and depth was lacking, and our safeties lacked speed and depth, and was uh, sh- and that was striking. You can't get pressure when you can't cover, when your DBs can't cover. So this is this is true. So, but you gotta think, the DBs could cover against Notre Dame, the DBs could cover against Duke, the DBs could cover against Miami for the most part. You know, so like this is the thing. I'm not. I can't. Here's the problem I have, too. The DBs could cover for the most part against Florida State. Now, Florida State had their quarterback issues, so I'm not going to ignore that. That was the thing. But the, DB, the DBs had a, a solid year. They just got embarrassed. The problem that I have with getting embarrassed in a bowl game, more so than any other game, not only is because it's nationally televised and a lot more eyeballs are on you than probably would be, especially at a place like Louisville, the problem is you've had a month to prepare. Granted, USC had 20 opt-outs, right? So the names, well, they don't have names on the back of their jerseys, but the names and the numbers have changed on who's making the plays, but the concepts of their offense don't change. Like Lincoln Riley's offense is Lincoln Riley's offense. Now, it may it may make slight adjustments when there's Miller Moss playing quarterback versus Caleb Williams, who's a Heisman Trophy winner, and Caleb is going to do things that Miller Moss just simply can't do or won't do and don't have the the green light to do. But the concepts, the route combinations, the play scheme, the play style, the, the how fast they want to go, what they want to do, that doesn't change. And so, therefore, all of that is on tape. And so when you go to a bowl game, You've seen these route concepts. Granted, there's different players. So with different players come different abilities. But at the same time, these are the JV players. So they shouldn't have more ability to do things that the varsity guys can't do. And so therefore, you understand the talent that is there. And when you have a month to prepare, 
and you go out there and you allow a team to hang 42 points on you when you've been the strength of the team essentially all year up until the last month, that is a problem. That is that is what I don't like. That is what I don't like. That is the issue that I have, and that's what I had. But I told you guys before the break that it's not just me that feels this way. <laughs> that young man that shares the same name as me feels the exact same way too. Because if I don't know if y'all have noticed, if you're on DX, a.k.a. Twitter, and you're seeing some of the things that are taking place, you see... The changes are being made. And this is now, I told you guys earlier, all that stuff about Pierce and all that stuff, that was just me, spec. you know, that's just me, what I think, just using my eyeballs and using the history of Jeff Brom. This is something I've actually been told. Now, this is something that this right here is what we call sourced. This is a sourced information. Changes are being made. Guys, They've you've seen five defections since the ball game. That's because Coach Brom did not like what he saw out there against the, the same. This is why I feel comfortable saying what I'm saying because he feels the same way. This dude is passionate, and that's why I know we have the right guy leading our program because he saw what you saw, what I saw, what the whole world saw. Louisville lacked speed. They got embarrassed by the JV team. They went out to California and got the tail handed to them. And so, therefore, changes have to be made. There's already 30 new players coming into Louisville before the bowl game. 15 high schoolers or 14 high schoolers and 16 transfers. There were already 30 new players. So, Brom understood the limitations that his team had. Brom understood that he had to get better in certain areas and that he has to improve the play in every area. Brom understands that if he wants to make this a playoff type of team with the 12-team playoff, a championship type of team, the ACC championship, and hopefully, eventually, one day, crowned national champions, then things have to get right. Things have to get right. And it starts with him and his coaching staff. And so he understands that. And if you've noticed, since the bowl game, five guys have already hit the portal, including guys that contributed heavily to this team. Jeff Clark played a lot of game, played a lot of downs. Yeah, I think he, he registered over 300 snaps this year. Amari Huggins-Bruce, Played a lot during his career in Louisville. Three years, he played a lot of football, including this year. But you saw that first play of the game, he had a drop. And you saw that they're bringing in a young man who had 12, 1,300 yards at South Alabama by the name of Colin Lacey, who is built just like Amari Huggins-Bruce, who was coming in to play Amari Huggins-Bruce position. And so Amari understands that guys are getting replaced if you can't get the job done, and some of them couldn't get the job done this year, getting replaced, we're bringing in other players. We're not settling. We're not settling for just being a 10-win Louisville team. Coach Brahm has made that abundantly clear. Like 10 wins was nice. 10 wins, that's a hell of a way to sit, set a foundation. When the majority of people who are Louisville fans who love this team, who love this program, thought the max, the cap, was an eight to nine wins this year, And you got 10, that is a hell of a foundation set. But he don't want to just set foundations. He wants to continue to raise the expectations and raise the, the national profile of Louisville football. He wants to do that. And this is what he's doing with this current team and with the roster that he's cultivating. He understands that his team got embarrassed. 
you could see it in his face. You could see it in his face during that post-game press conference. He was not happy. And he shouldn't be because that wasn't a good performance. At the same time, he understands what he has to do. And also, you got to remember, this was just year one. This wasn't year one as Jeff Brom as a coach, but this was year one of his program. And if we're just being honest, like let's be honest with ourselves. Year one is not the final product. How it works in sports, specifically college sports, year one strategically should be one of your weaker years. It should be one of your leaner years. Even with the portal, there's only so much you can do when, when it comes to personnel. Year one is really the culture setter year, right? This is how Louisville football is going to look moving forward. That is what year one is. And in that culture setting year, you got 10 wins. You got an ACC championship game appearance. You got to play in the Holiday Bowl, which is one of the more prestigious ACC bowl games. That is what the culture setting year was in year one of Jeb Brom at Louisville. Moving forward, the culture has been set. So therefore, the young men that were a part of the previous regime learned a different culture this year. The young men who were brought in by Coach Brom know what the culture is. And so now in year two, everybody is going to be on the same page. Because the young men that have been in the system for a year can tell the young men, whether it's the high schoolers or the transfer portal guys or whoever, this is how we do things here. I don't know how y'all did things, where you came from, high school, previous college, whatever. This is how we do things here. The standard has been set. When we play, I don't know, Kentucky, we don't like those guys. I don't care Isaiah Cummins that you used to play there. We don't like those dudes. They throw L's down at us. We want to hit them in the mouth. On the field, of course. You know what I'm saying? We don't advocate for violence outside of football. But the culture setting year was a hell of a year. You got 10 wins. You won every game but one at home. You had two sellouts for the first time since Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's about to win his second MVP in the NFL. That's how long ago this was. You did a lot of things you either A, haven't done in half a decade or more, or B, hadn't done ever. That's a hell of a year one. But now the standard has been set, and there is no going backwards. There's no backward steps. There is no backward steps. And Brom is looking at it as if, I'm not taking no backward steps. I'm not settling for just the pat on the backs and thanks Jeff for coming home and he understands that you're pissed about the way that this, this season ended. But guess what? You're not more pissed than that man. He is pissed by the way this season ended. Because it shouldn't have ended this way. He knows it. He had the golden opportunity. Granted, it was a culture-setting year. It is the This is probably one of the weaker teams that you're going to see from Louisville over the next five to ten years. At the same time, he understands that he had an opportunity right there, right at his feet. He was at the doorstep of an amazing opportunity, and they squandered it. They did. They lost the UK. They lost the ACC championship game, and they lost the Holiday Bowl. They had an orange bone and an ACC championship game and a win over their rival who was struggling at the time right there in the palm of their hands, and they lost those games. 
and he's got to live with that. And he said that. He said as much. This is not me having words for him. He said, I got to live with that. And that's going to eat at him because it ate at him at the podium. But that's why he's our guy. That's why he's the right guy, because it does eat him up on the inside. It does burn his soul. It does hurt him. It hurts his family. It hurts. And that's why they're making the proper changes right now. Right now. Let me continue to read some of these texts. It says, uh, let me see. Texter, I do like Brom and I have high hopes. Uh, thanks for hearing me. Shout out to you, Texter. So, I'm not worried. I, I didn't like the way the season ended. I know as I said, it was going to be a football-heavy show, and we're almost at the end of it. I do want to talk a little bit of basketball because by the time next time I see you, uh, we will be playing a basketball game that day, I think, or next time I, I talk to you. I have very, very high hopes for the future of this program because of what I saw on the field this year. I told you guys the way the schedule lined up, with that coaching staff, with that guy running the show, I said preseason. I said I've watched this man work firsthand in person. Granted, it was, you know, like a decade ago now or almost. <laughs> but I saw it. I saw Western Kentucky, my alma mater, flip. I saw him completely flip to a champion, a Conference USA champion two times over during the Brom era. And they haven't won one since. Let me be clear. WKU has had a lot of good players come through there, has had set all kinds of records and, and, and Bailey Zappies in the NFL and all that stuff. They haven't won a conference championship game since Jeff Brom left Bowling Green. I saw, they didn't win one before he stepped foot in Bowling Green. They haven't won one since. They didn't win one before, haven't won one since. I know what this man is capable of. I saw him work. I saw him affect people. I saw what kind of dude he was. He's a dope dude. And so I have no quarrel about the future of this Louisville program. And I understand that the end of this year was disappointing. It's very disappointing. Let's just call it what it was. At the same time, that is, that is burning him on the inside, and you're seeing the changes being made right now. So I am ecstatic on where we're going with the future of this program. Now, before we get out of here, like I said, I have to talk a little bit about basketball. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know, I know. Trust me, I know. I will be on the post-game show tomorrow for the ladies. The women's team plays tomorrow against Miami. Me, Dave Skull, and my man James Black will all be on here with the post-game show. I think the game's at 4 o'clock. Post-game show will be around 6.30, so be sure to tap in to 93.9 for that uh, because, woof, they're having a heck of a season. That, now, that's, that's the most fun team right now on campus. Uh, you know, football kind of disappointed. They were the most fun. I think the ladies, the women's team, basketball team, Coach Walls has them playing out of their minds. They already have a couple of ranked wins. They're doing their thing. Here to talk about the men's team. And we know AD Josh Hurd. He did his piece with Eric Crawford. Eric Crawford and WDRB released the whole audio, 14-minute audio, about essentially that Kenny Payne will be the head coach through the new year. That's all he said. He just left it as plain as that. He didn't say he's going to be the head coach in February or March or April, but he's going to be at the first game in January. Um, I don't know if that was the best decision. I think I've kind of said my piece on that. I was pretty ticked after the Kentucky game. It was not fun watching that. Uh, watching the season hasn't been fun, but, you know, he made the decision that's best for him. And I said – Last week, I'm pretty sure I said that I think that 
you know, with that, he's going to be the head coach throughout the year. I mean, through the end of the season. I think they're going to give him the end of the season to be the head coach. And uh, it's going to it's gonna be interesting to see how all of this plays out. Because our first game back on that Saturday, when I'm on air, leading into the basketball game, and we'll talk a lot of basketball next week, is um, Virginia. And even our staunchest, our best of best Louisville basketball team struggle with Virginia. I don't know what it is about Tony Bennett's boring style of basketball, his not fun to watch style of basketball that just gives Louisville basketball fits. Like they gave our best teams fits. And then they can lose to 16 seeds, but whatever. At the same time, I don't expect that to be fun at all. I'm just being honest. I don't I don't think that'll be a fun game to watch or a fun game to be a part of. But nonetheless, unlike some of you guys, I'm a Louisville fan through and through, and I'm not rooting for them to lose. I want them to win each and every single game that they play. I go to these games. I put my I go to the games at home and I watch the games on the road. I put myself through that. It is what it is. It is what it is. Because but Listening to that Josh heard for the whole 14 minutes. I listened to the whole entire 14-minute conversation with Eric Crawford, and I do think he gets it. It wasn't that I questioned that he got it at first, but trust me, he gets it. And hearing his the tonality in his voice when he was talking to Eric, talking about the state of the basketball program, Understanding the financial uh, ramifications of basketball stinking this bad, he understands. People are on his, are at his neck about what's going on over there at the Yum Center. And so he gets it. So, and that gave me hope. That gave me some encouragement. And I loved everything about that. So, you know, it is what it is. When you hear the sweet sounds of Larry June, that means it is time to get out of here. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for tuning in to me. Once again, this is the Victory Formation Sports Show on 93.9 The Ville. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JLighty7. That is at J-L-I-G-H-T-S-Y and the number seven for all of these takes and stuff throughout the year and throughout before we get to Saturdays. Thank you guys to James Black, myself. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.